you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Come on, just put your hands together and somebody lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. Why don't you lift up your voice? And somebody just begin to lift up the name of Jesus in this sanctuary. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Amen. Amen. What a sweet presence of the Lord that's in this house this morning. How many people came today expecting God to do a great work? Amen. I just want to let you know that whatever you need from the Lord today, that you came to the right place. This is a hospital for the broken. I said it's a hospital for the broken. Whatever you need from God today, He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ask or think. So if you're a first-time guest in this house and you're wondering what you're feeling, you're feeling the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is in this room today. I said the Holy Ghost is in this room today. And that's why we sing like we sing and we praise like we praise. And we get excited about it because there's something to be excited about. There's something to be excited about because the King of Kings has walked into this house today to reach down and touch somebody's need. Amen. Amen. Very, very happy to be home. Uh, One thing you figure out very quickly, preaching in different churches, is that uh, we we have it good. We have it really, really good. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that we're able to get back into the house of God that we're not stuck at home anymore. Amen. Amen. I don't necessarily have a scripture that I'm going to start with today, but I do feel a word from God. I felt it a couple weeks ago and uh, felt the Holy Ghost tell me to preach it whenever I came back home. And so uh, by the help of the Lord today, I just want to preach the beginning of a miracle the beginning of a miracle. Would you put down your Bibles, lift up your hands with me? And I'm going to ask you just, would you pray out loud today? Would you just begin to intercede in the Holy Ghost for just a few moments today that heaven would touch earth today, that God would reach down and transform somebody's thought process? God, I thank you right now in advance for the work that you're going to do in this house. God, I thank you, Lord, for everything that's happening in the church. I thank you, God, for the good times, and I thank you for the bad. I thank you, God, for the times that make sense, and I thank you, Lord, for the times that don't. I'm asking you right now, Jesus, to speak to the heart of your people. I'm asking you, Lord, to reach down out of heaven. Lord God, transform our thinking. Transform our faith today. God, we've come with expectancy in our hearts. God, that you're going to do a great and mighty work in this house. We're going to give you the praise and the glory and the honor. And someone shout in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together. And just give the Lord a shout of praise one more time. Amen. Turn around and tell someone it's the beginning of a miracle. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Why don't you put your hands together one more time and give the Lord a mighty hand clap and a shout of praise. 
In Luke in the 18th chapter, we find a story starting in verse number 35. And it reads like this, And it came to pass that as he, Jesus, was coming nigh unto Jericho, that a certain um, blind individual sat by the wayside begging. The scripture says that as he was sitting by the wayside, that he heard a multitude of people pass by him. Or rather, if you would begin to put it into terms that we would use today, that as he sat by the gate, that he could hear a crowd of people. He could hear a commotion going on. And he turned to somebody that was beside him. And he said, what, what, what is this? What does this mean? And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And the scripture said that as he asked what was going on, and they told him that Jesus was here, that he began to cry aloud saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And it says that as they begin to hear him, that they rebuked him. They turned to him and they said, you should hold your peace. But he, he still began to cry aloud, Jesus, thou son of David, have have mercy upon me. You see, we don't know whether or not he had ever been in the same area that Jesus was. We don't know if he had ever had an encounter with him. We really don't know if he had even heard what Jesus was all about, but there was something inside of the spirit of the man that as he heard that Jesus began to pass by, that he knew that he needed a miracle so bad that it did not matter about the person that was standing beside it did not matter that somebody else might have a need but he knew that if he could just reach out and cry unto Jesus he said Jesus someone shout the name of Jesus he said Jesus thou son of David have mercy upon me and even though that there was a multitude of people surrounding him even though that there were other people that had gathered there with needs that day it said that as he began to call on the name of Jesus that Jesus stood still he stopped what he was doing he didn't care about everything else that was going on he wasn't worried about with where he was trying to get to. He was worried about the person that, that had the audacity to stop the king of kings. That wasn't worried about his pedigree. He was worried about the power that Jesus had. He wasn't worried about where he was going to eat after church. He was worried about what was happening right now. And it said that Jesus stood still. And he commanded saying, bring the man unto me. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What is it that you want me to do for you? He said, I know that you're not just here because you want to have a little conversation with me. Surely you did not stop me just because you want me to touch you, but what do you need me to do? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. You see, there's something that happens when a child of God gets it in their brain that they didn't show up for a touch, that they showed up for a miracle. That we didn't show up just to feel God. We showed up that we could be in him. That we did not show up just to sing and to dance and to listen to pretty preaching. But we showed up because we've got to have a move of God. You see, this is what he knew. That the situation and the need was so great that if Jesus did not reach down and do something incredible, that he would forever be stuck in the situation that he was in. That there was no possible way without a miracle that he would not. He would always be where he was. He was stuck in between his mess and a miracle. In between the problem and the answer. In between the question and the solution. And he had a decision to make. Will I stay where I am and be okay with what I'm going through? Or do I have the faith to look at Jesus and say, I don't just need you to touch me. I need a miracle. I don't just need you to breathe on me. I need you to heal me. I don't just need you to talk to me. I need a miracle. Is there anybody that walked up in this building saying, I don't just need a service. I need a miracle. I 
I said, I've got to have it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that he's able. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know that he will. It's not happened yet, but I know that I know that I know that a miracle is on its way. Oh, somebody clap your hands. But there's a portion of this story that's never been talked about. There's part of this story that nobody talks about. You see, it's a part that's never been told. Historians say that the same um, blind individual in Luke 18 could be the same um, Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. Could be the same man that Luke writes about in the 18th chapter. We don't really know much about him. We know that he needed a miracle. We know that he had a need. We know that he sat by the gate. But we don't know what his childhood was like. We don't know where he had been to this point. We don't know how many doctors he had gone to see. All we know is that he needed something from Jesus. The scripture would have you to know that he was a poor man. He didn't have a lot of money. You see, he really, uh, when you begin to look and to see, he was he was just like any other individual that would be out on a street corner saying, do you, do you just have something that you could give me? Because he knew that he needed something. He just didn't know that what he needed just wasn't a little bit of cash in his pocket. You see, he, 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 he was not anybody to most people. This man, he didn't mean a whole lot. He was that guy that you would walk right um, pass and say, there he is again. He's, he's still asking that somebody would give something to him. He's the same guy that you see every single time you take the Keystone exit off of 465. Same guy in the same spot every time. I don't know if he's, I don't really know what's happening. If you're watching, God bless you. He was the same guy that you'd walk by and you really wouldn't think a whole lot about him. He was poor, but he was in need. We don't know why he became blind. We don't know what caused this illness, this sickness, this disease, however you want to put it. We don't, we don't know what caused this circumstance to happen. All we know is that it just simply happened. You see, there were people in the scripture when they would see somebody that was in need, that they needed God to show up right now, they would say, what, what, what on earth did, did he do to cause this thing? Why, why on earth did you choose him? And, but you see, the scripture just simply puts it like this, that it rains on the just and it, and it also rains on the unjust. So all we know is that he was sitting by a gate asking that somebody would give something to him. You see, we could look into this story and we could understand that he knew that he had something that he needed, but he did not know exactly what it was that he needed. You see, he was unaware of why God chose him to walk through the hard time. He was undeserving of what plagued him. He said, Lord, what did I do to have to walk through the hard time? God, why did you choose me to have to go through it when somebody else can be made whole. God, why did you allow me to have to walk through a circumstance that I did not ask to walk through? God, why, why, why on earth would you let us be the one that need a miracle while everybody else is okay? You see, you, you, you did not ask for sickness, but sometimes sickness just happens. You, you, you did not ask to have to walk through the corridor, but for whatever reason, God has allowed things to happen in your life and you see what the man understood is that he was unable to fix what he needed he was broken he had to have a miracle he could not live without it he was unaware of why God allowed him to walk through what he was walking through but can I tell you this that if God has allowed you to walk through a dark time if God has allowed you to walk through places that nobody else is having to walk through. It's because he is ready to take you to places that nobody else has been before. You see, God knows who he can trust. I said God knows who he can trust. He knows that there's only some people that he can trust to have to walk through sickness. Jason, we prayed for a long time that a miracle would happen. I don't even know if he's in here today. We prayed for a long time that a miracle would happen. We ask God why. 
Lord of anybody, Jason. Everybody loves Jason, don't we? I don't know if Sister Daisy was clapping or not. I'm not, I'm not sure. I hope she loves him too. I said, Lord, why, 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 why would you let something like that happen? Man, he's nice. He loves everybody. What's going on? We prayed. I'm sure that there's probably some people that whether or not we talk about it or not, probably at some point said, well, maybe this is just his lot in life. Maybe this is just what he has to go through. I'm sure that there's some people that have prayed for a miracle over and over and over that when the news finally came that he was getting a kidney, they went, what? You mean he's actually getting what he needs? You mean after three or four years of dialysis, now a miracle? What are you talking? And we're shocked. We're shocked that what we have prayed for actually came to pass. We're shocked that what we have asked God for that now God is actually doing. Why is it that we get surprised when a miracle happens? Can I tell you the only time that we ought to be surprised is when it doesn't happen? I said the only time that it ought to floor us is when we pray and it doesn't happen. But you know what? I don't care if you've been praying for a miracle for 10 years or 2 weeks or 5 minutes. I don't know how to explain the timing of God. But all I can tell you is that he is perfect in all of his ways. And if God has chosen you to walk through uncomfortability, get ready because a miracle's coming. When God allows you to walk through great trials, it's because he's getting ready to move you to a greater dimension. You weren't ready for where God was going to take you before the sickness happened. You weren't ready for the place that God was trying to put you into before you walked through the trial. But it's the trial that's going to bring you out the other side pure as gold. So I thank him for the trial. I thank him for the good time. But I've got to thank him for the bad time. I thank him whenever things okay. But I also have to thank him whenever things not okay. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to comprehend it. But this is what I do know. That I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. I wonder if there's anybody in this place today that you would say I might not get it. It might not make any sense but just like Job God though you slay me yet will I trust you blessed be the name of the Lord I bless you in the good time I bless you in the bad time I bless you when I'm comfortable I bless you when I'm uncomfortable I bless you when I've got money in the bank I bless you when I'm broke I bless you when I'm healed but I bless you when I'm sick because God it's you that gave it to me to begin with and if you choose to take it from me then I know that I'm not stuck in where I'm going but when God takes it from you it's because he has to take it from you to multiply it into something greater I said when God takes your peace it's because there's a peace that passes all understanding that God's trying to send into your life when you look in your bank account and you see so many zeros. I'm not talking about the good zeros. I'm talking about the bad kind. You say, God, I don't understand it. I don't know. Lord, I pay my tithes. God, I give in offerings. I try to help people that are in need. Why are you doing it? Because it's just like the boy with the fish and the loaves. He had a basket. He was comfortable. He said, God, look at this. I don't have enough to feed everybody, but God, I've got enough to feed myself. And God, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't have an answer for everybody else, Jesus. All I have is just enough to feed me. And Jesus said, I'm not asking you to give me one loaf and one. Give me the basket. Give me the basket. Lord, you, what do you mean we want the basket? The basket's all I have. All I have are just a few fish and the few loaves. Why do you want me to give you the? Because I need you to give me everything. And here is this little boy not understanding why God is requiring it of him. Why God can't ask it of somebody else. Why God can't let it be somebody else. No, 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 little boy. Give me what you have. Little boy, 
walks up with a basket in his hands. He's probably shaking and trembling, saying, this is all I have to eat. I don't know what you're going to do with it, but I know that if I don't get it back, then I'm going to go hungry tonight. And he reaches up and he puts the basket in the hands of Jesus. I don't know what you're going to do with it. I don't know what your plan is. I don't know how long it's going to take for the miracle to happen. But God, all I have is just a word to hang on to. You said give it to me. All I can do is just obey. The boy could have been angry. He could have been hurt. He could have been disappointed. He could have been worried about it. He could have been anxious. He could have been dealing with such great anxiety. Because he didn't just give a little bit. He had to give everything. And Jesus reaches into the basket and he pulls out the loaves. And he pulls out the fish. Because if it was not enough for Jesus to take what he had, now we had to break what he had given. God, I feel so broken. What are you doing in the middle of my trial? God, why are you choosing to break me up into pieces? There was a day that I felt whole, but now I feel broken. There was a day that I had everything. Am I talking to anybody in this house today? There was a day that I had everything that I needed, but now you've taken it out of my hand, uh, and I put it into your hand, uh, and I don't have anything to hang on to, but a little bit of trust that you might know what you're doing in a word that you said that everything was going to be all right. And the breaking starts happening. And he breaks the fish and it hurts. And he breaks the bread and it hurts. Uh, and he begins to rip it into pieces. Uh, people's, people don't really understand what it's like uh, until God has taken everything from you. And it begins to be broken. Uh, am I talking to anyone that's ever felt broken? Be, be, Am I talking to anyone that's ever felt like it's all been taken from you? And the breaking starts happening. And it's in the breaking that the hurt comes. Uh, and it's in the breaking that we don't understand. Uh, and it's in the breaking that we begin to come anxious. Uh, and it's in the breaking that we begin to say, God, are you punishing me? Uh, and it's in the breaking that we begin to say, God, do you know what we're doing? Uh, but if you could ever understand the way that the Lord works uh, before God uses, God has to break. Uh, can I tell you that while there might be pain in the breaking. Uh, there's multiplication in the breaking. Uh, that while it, there might be a little bit of uncomfortable times in the breaking, uh, there's a miracle in the breaking. Uh, I said there's a miracle in the breaking. Uh, you see, this is what it was all about. Uh, you see, the child said, I don't have much to give Jesus, uh, but I'm going to give you everything I have. Uh, and Jesus said, I don't need you to have a lot, uh, but if you would just give me the little bit that you have. Uh, you said, God, why is it me that has to go through it? Uh, because God will take what has been broken. God will take what has been given and he'll multiply it. I said he'll multiply it. God, why are you letting me go through sickness? Because he's going to multiply your faith. God, why, why are you allowing this to happen? God, this is, it's, 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 it's a breaking the hurts. And God says, because if you will give it to me and allow me to break it, I won't just be able to help other people through your breaking, but I'm going to give you a gift that's pressed down, shaken together, and even running over. You see, I, 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 this, this is what I understand. Is that, is that as this, as this individual, as he sat by the gate, uh, the scripture said that he was asking that somebody would give something to him. He didn't really know what he needed, but he was just asking. Can I tell you that people know that they need something that they don't have yet? Can I tell you that when a guest walks into the house, they are not walking in here to leave the same way that they came, but they're come today to receive something from an almighty God. And the man turned around when he knew what he was going. He said, what am I feeling right now? What do I need? And they told, and they turned to him and they said that it is Jesus. Can I tell somebody that it's not time for the church to be quiet. It's not time for the church to be defeated. It's not time for the church to be dismayed. It's not time for the church to take a back seat. But it's time to shout his fame from the highways and from the byways. And this is what the scripture said. It said that it's someone told him that it was Jesus, uh, that he started to cry out, uh, Jesus, someone shout the name of Jesus. Uh, 
something within the blind man told them that if he could just get the attention of Jesus that something was going to happen people viewed it as impossibility people viewed it as something that plagued him people viewed it as something that he would have to deal with but this is what he knew that it was nothing but the beginning of a miracle people told him to be quiet can I tell you that some people they won't understand why you praise the way that you praise why you shout the way that you shout why you're so excited to be in the house of God it's because they ain't walked through where you've been and God's not taking them where he's taking you you see he started to cry Jesus can I tell somebody that your prayers are not lost your words are not bouncing off of the ceiling God is not punishing you God has not forgotten about you but you need to get ready because it's through impossibility that a miracle is coming it's through impossibility that a miracle is around the corner God's timing is impeccable I said his timing is impeccable the blind man asks he says Lord what do I have to do when you are desperate enough for a miracle you will be willing to do anything. It will not matter to you the song that's being played. It will not matter to you what portion of the service we are in. The service schedule, it won't make a difference. What your neighbor's doing, it don't matter. When you really get to the point that you need a miracle, you'll be willing to look like a fool if that's what it takes just to get the attention of Jesus. Can I tell somebody, somebody that don't understand what I'm trying to say today, the person sitting next to you don't allow their lack of faith to handcuff the faith that you have nothing shall separate you from the love of Jesus. I'll never forget being in a conference in California. Many of you guys have heard this old story. There was a man sitting just about halfway down this aisle. The preacher was preaching that God could heal. He had wheeled himself up right to the front. He sat right here. He lifted up his crippled hands. The preacher was still going. I'll never forget it. I had people all around me. They said, what is he doing? He's being so distracting. He needs to go sit down. He lifted up his little crippled hands, uh, and all you could hear him saying was Jesus. Uh, he couldn't even shout it, but all he could do was speak it, Jesus. Uh, nobody understood what he was doing, but Jesus. Uh, everybody was disagreeing with the timing that he came down, but Jesus. Uh, you see, even after, even after the preacher had finished, uh, he was still calling on the name of Jesus, uh, but nothing had happened yet. Uh, when it got down into the altar call, uh, his little bit of faith uh, that people People had looked at as something that made them uncomfortable. Uh, you see, it was something about his faith uh, that made people look at him like he was crazy. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, his faith uh, became contagious. Uh, somebody looked uh, and said, you know what? Uh, if he can walk through what he's been through uh, and he's got the faith to believe it, uh, then so do I. This old boy ran down to the front, uh, grabbed the man by the hand uh, and said, do you believe God can heal you? Uh, he said, yes, I do. Uh, he reached down, uh, grabbed the man by the hand uh, and said, then come on. Uh, they stood the man up on his feet. Uh, he couldn't walk right yet. Uh, he couldn't even run. He could hardly even stand. Uh, they said, come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Just put your arm around me. I'm going to help you walk. Uh, the miracle had not happened yet. Uh, the miracle had not happened. But one step turned into two and two step turned into three and three steps turned into four and all of a sudden the man said I need you to get your hand off of me and he started to take steps on his own and all of a sudden healing flowed into his body he didn't feel like praising he had a reason to stay where he was but he said I've got to have it I've got to have it I've got to have a miracle I can't wait on somebody else Uncle Phil I got to have a miracle Sherry I got to have a miracle Denny I I gotta have a miracle. 
I wish that for about 30 seconds uh, somebody wouldn't be worried about your neighbor. Uh, somebody wouldn't be worried about the cameras. Uh, but you'd say, God, I need a miracle so bad. Uh, I'm willing to look foolish. Uh, I'm willing to look like an idiot. I don't even care what it looks like. Uh, but I know uh, that if I will praise you, uh, that you will inhabit uh, my praises. Uh, and when the praises go up, uh, the glory comes down. Come on, just 30 seconds, just 30 seconds, just 30 seconds, just 30 seconds. Just 30 seconds, just 30 seconds. Can you praise him for somebody else's miracle? Can you praise him for somebody else's healing? Can you praise him for some? Come on, just 10 more seconds. Just 10 more seconds. I'm waiting on somebody to get desperate enough that they're willing to do something abnormal, that they're willing to do something that's different. You might have a reason not to praise them, but great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. If you've got breath in your body, he's worthy. If you've ever seen him heal, he's worthy. Even if you're walking through sickness, he's worthy. Oh, come on, let's just take a few moments here. Let's just take a few moments here. There's faith rising in the house right now. When Jesus heard the cry of the man, it didn't matter what else was going on. He said the miracle's not too big and it's not too small. I want somebody to know that God is concerned with what you're going through. I said God is concerned with what you're going through. It is not punishment. Let me say it again. It is not punishment. God is concerned with you. God has a hair on your head numbered. He cares about what you're dealing with. And Jesus, Jesus looked down at the man. It did not take an hour of praying. It did not take 40 days of fasting. It did not take nine prayer meetings. Jesus looked down at the man and he said, receive your sight. Thy faith hath made you whole. This is what Philippians says. That in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Things in heaven and things that are under the earth. Romans chapter 10 says it like this. For whosoever shall call on his name. What's his name? That whosoever would call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. For the promises of God in him are yea and amen. That means that they are yea. Let it be and amen that it is. Can I tell you that God is not concerned with a God is not concerned with the prognosis. God is not concerned with what the doctor says. God is not concerned with your time clock. God is really not even concerned with your feelings. But we know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord. You said, but if it's working for my good, how is he allowed? No, 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 no. It doesn't say that all things will work together for your good. It says that it's going to work together for the good. When you begin to understand that you have to stop being selfish with what God is doing. When you begin to understand that your miracle is more for the faith of your neighbor than it is for you. When you understand that it's the working of your, God's not just concerned with making you whole. He does not want you to live sick, but he's not just concerned with making you whole. But as you begin to go through this sickness and the breaking begins to happen, then the multiplication starts. Well, what am I trying to tell you? That if your miracle has not happened yet, just get ready because there is a multiplication in your miracle. God's not just going to heal your body. He's going to put your family back together. 
he's not just going to bring you out of sickness. Uh, he's going to give you a blessing uh, that's pressed down, uh, shaken together, uh, and running over. Uh, I'm not discouraged. Uh, it's the beginning uh, of a miracle. Uh, you might think it's impossible. Uh, I think it's a miracle. Uh, you might not think it makes sense. Uh, I'm saying uh, it's a miracle. You thought it was over. He said, it ain't over. It's just the beginning. You thought you were being punished. He said, you're not being punished. It's the beginning of something that I'm working. And if you would open up your eyes of faith to see what God is doing, you wouldn't be discouraged another minute. I said you would not be discouraged another minute. I want to let somebody know that your miracle is just ahead. But if you're ever going to receive your miracle, you've got to understand that you and God, y'all aren't on the same level. You don't have to get it. But you cannot receive from someone that you're talking to as a peer. You've got to come to God at foot level saying, God, it's you that gave it. So if you choose to take it, that's just got to be all right with me. You see, you cannot receive from someone that you're trying to stare eye to eye at. This is what Jesus said. He said, you need to come to me like you have faith like a child. People say, we talk about childlike faith. Well, let me tell you, when a child walks up to me, they're not looking at me eye to eye. They're looking at me from down here and looking up. They come to him because they're ready to receive something from him. I wonder if there's anybody in here that you came today to receive from God. This is what he did. He'd never met Jesus, some would say. We don't really know it, but we could probably just assume that he'd never met him. But this is what he did. He called him Lord. He said, even though that I've never had an encounter, can I tell a guest that's walked in here today and you're saying, I don't even know what you're preaching about, but I'm ready to receive something. You don't have to know Jesus for 10 years to receive your miracle today. God wants to do something for you right now. I should have got a bigger CLCA man than that. God wants to do something for you today. You got to understand that you are fallible. You have a tendency to mess up. You need his mercy. Bartimaeus cried out because he knew it was his only chance. But beyond that, you've got to be willing to do whatever you have to do to get into the presence of God. It's like the people that had to cut a hole in a ceiling just to get the man down to where Jesus was. Just like in Luke chapter 8, the woman that had been to every doctor but wanted to fight through the crowd just so he could touch the hem of his garment. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says, But without faith, someone shout faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You have to believe that he is. He is what you need. He is where you fall. He is where you mess up. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18 says, I am he that liveth and was dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of death, of hell, and of the grave. Let me tell you, Jesus said it like this. He said, I am that I am. When you begin to look up what this meaning is, when you begin to research it in the Hebrew, he says, I am that I am. What that means is I will be what I am. I will be. But then at the end of the scripture, all he says is I am. He says I am that I am. And then he says I am. What it's saying in the scripture is he's saying I will be what I will be. But then at the end, he said I am now. I am not just what you will need tomorrow. I am what you need now. I am both the prophetic and the prophecy fulfilled. Understand that when he said I am, he's saying I encompass everything that you need. Breakthrough, I am. Restoration, I am. Healing, I am. Whatever you need, I am. We talk about I am. We pray I am. God, would you come down? Lord, would you move in the middle? Let me just give you a little bit of great revelation right now. How many people are filled with the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you are now filled with the Spirit of God. And if, the, if you are filled with the Spirit of God... 
then the Spirit of God now dwells within you. So the problem is, the problem is, we pray, say, God, send your Spirit now. Lord, send, has anybody ever prayed that? Lord, would you just send your, send your presence and send your Spirit now? I've prayed it. I ain't even going to lie to you. Lord, would you just send it now? But the problem is, if you're filled with this spirit, you don't have to ask him to send it down. If you would begin to lift his spirit up, you'd already be in the midst of the presence of God. We, we just want to walk in and say, God, would you send it so a miracle would happen? Jesus is saying, no, if you are filled with my spirit, as you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, that the spirit of God would begin to encompass about you. But we come in and we pray, God, let your spirit fall. God, let your presence fall. God, let a miracle happen. I heard one person say it like this. We need to stop praying for a miracle and start praying for atmosphere. We say, Lord, send healing. God, send restoration. Lord, send a breakthrough. But can I tell you that the scripture says, I am. So I understand that what I need is not healing. What I need is not breakthrough. What I need is not a miracle. What I need is Jesus. So when I begin to call on the name of Jesus and the atmosphere begins to change, it's because I am sending up what I have already been given. You need to stop asking God to give you something that's already inside of you. Every time you ask God to give you something that you already have, what you're saying is, God, I don't believe I have it. I know that you filled me with the Holy Ghost, but I don't believe that I've got healing power. I know that you filled me with the Holy Ghost, but I don't believe I have breakthrough living in me. But when you begin to call on the name of Jesus and the Spirit of God begins to rise up in you and the things all around you begin to change, all of a sudden something begins to transpire. We need to create atmosphere. Every time we walk through the doors, atmosphere. Every time they sing a song, atmosphere. Singer, create atmosphere. Preacher, create atmosphere. Saint of God, create atmosphere atmosphere because before Jesus ever did a miracle atmosphere was already created I said atmosphere was already created you said how do I create atmosphere here's what we're going to do we're going to try it y'all want to try it is that okay let's try it I want you to stand up on your feet we're going to create some atmosphere right now I want you to shut your eyes and tune out everybody else around you. I want you to begin to clap or shout or dance or scream or whatever you need to do. For the next 30 seconds, you're going to try with everything within you to create atmosphere. Are you ready? One, two, three. Atmosphere. Atmosphere. Oh, that's not atmosphere. Atmosphere. Come on, atmosphere. Come on, atmosphere. Not just atmosphere for your miracle, atmosphere for your neighbor's miracle. Not just atmosphere for healing in your body, atmosphere for your neighbor's healing. You want to know what's going to unlock miracles? It's atmosphere. What's going to unlock the revival? Atmosphere. Growth? Atmosphere. Your family? Atmosphere. Come on, come on, just another few minutes. Uh, just another few minutes. Uh, just another few seconds. Uh, if we would create atmosphere, miracles would happen right now. Uh, miracles would happen right now. Uh, miracles would happen right now. Come on, is that all the faith you have? Is that all the faith that's in you? Do you have enough faith to believe that God's able? Do you have enough faith to believe that God can do it? You got to stand on who he is. I am the Lord that healeth thee. They gave praises unto God. But thou art holy. Thou inhabitest the praises of Israel. This is what they understood. You ready? I'm done. I botched this message. It's okay. This is what they understood. It is very easy to praise when everything is going okay. 
It's very easy to praise when the doctor says that you're healthy, when you got money in the bank, when you got everything that you need. It's another story when they look at you and say, we can't do anything. It's another story when the bank says, I'm sorry, we got to foreclose on your home. Anybody can praise when it's going good. God's looking for someone that's praise is not predicated on situation. I said when praise is not predicated on situation. When you can praise and you don't feel like it. When you can praise when everything's not going okay. We're about to bust this place wide open here in a minute. When you can praise and your neighbor doesn't get it. When people tell you to stop. When people say you need rest, you don't need to praise, but there's something inside of you that causes you to pray. That's the kind of praise that I'm talking about. It's the kind of praise that Paul and Silas are locked up in the middle of a prison cell. And they look at each other and say, what do you think we should do right now? They said, it looks hopeless. Brandon, it looks hopeless. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what they're going to do. What do you think we should do? And one of them said, I got an idea. Let's praise. You want me to praise when I got shackles on my feet and handcuffs on my hand uh, when the doctor said impossible and now you want me to praise? It said that at midnight, the darkest hour, when it wasn't going to get any darker than it was right now, when the prognosis had already come back, uh, when your family had already walked out, uh, when people had done everything that they could do to hurt you, and at midnight, Paul and Silas uh, started to sing praises uh, unto God. Uh, I'm not going to assume that they even sang a song that any of us would know. Uh, no Israel's new album was not out yet. No Ty Trebet had not ever written a lyric at that point, but all all they could do was just begin to praise the name of Jesus. And it says that as they begin to praise, something begin to happen. That the ground below them begin to shake. That the chains begin to rattle. You want me to praise when everything's not okay? How can I do it? Because my praise is not predicated on situation. My praise is predicated on his goodness. My praise is predicated on his faithfulness. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. I ain't got no money, but I praise you. The doctor said I'm sick, but I praise you. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, but I praise you. I got to turn in a two-week notice, but I praise you. Even though you were diagnosed with cancer, I praise you said that they started to sing and they started to praise and all of a sudden the chains rattled the ground shook and the doors started to open up and the more that they praised the more that the place was shaken and the more that they shouted that the chains, they didn't just come loose, it says that the chains broke, it didn't just say that the door cracked open, it said that it was through their praise that the door was slammed open they started to walk out understanding these things uh, that would open the door for their miracle uh, it was not just about their faith uh, it was about their praise uh, the Holy Ghost spoke this to me uh, that if you can praise uh, in the middle of trial uh, that your praise becomes prophetic that was good enough I'm going to say it again if you can praise in the face of impossibility when the doctor says cancer, praise him. When they say you got to go through four months of chemo, praise him. When they say you don't have the money to pay your mortgage, praise him. I don't understand why the Lord allows us to go through what we go through. I ain't going to try to understand it. I'm not going to try to make you believe that I have all of the answers. This is what I do know. That when you begin to praise the Lord 
in advance for your miracle. What you're doing is you're saying, devil, I'm serving you notice that even though the miracle has not happened yet, even though I've got nothing to hang on to but a word from the Lord that everything is going to be okay. I am going to praise you. I might not even believe it wholeheartedly, but I'll praise you in the middle of it. It might not make sense, but I'll praise you in the middle of it. It don't make no sense to me, Jesus, and I'm afraid, but i praise you in the middle of it. I know I'm a day late and a dollar short, but when mom and dad called me to tell me, I hope that this is okay, when mom and dad called us to tell us what was going on, they called us, I was over at a pastor's house, walked outside, took the phone call, they looked at us and said, Jet, everything's going to be okay, but here's what the doctor said, said that I got cancer in my body, I said, Okay. He said, I've got to go through chemo and surgery and radiation. She said, so we just wanted to let you know what was going on. I told her, I said, Mom, everything's going to be okay. I said, how do you know everything's going to be okay? Because God is faithful. Because God is faithful. We hung up the phone. Des walked back inside. I told her to go try to entertain the pastors. Mom and dad did whatever they were doing. I walked out to this little chair right underneath this big tree, and I sat down in it. Just kind of stared off into nothing, trying to wrap my brain around everything that was happening. I got angry. I didn't even go lie to you. I said, God, what are you doing? What kind of punishment? And Lord, don't you see that all we're trying to do is grow a church and see revival? Why are you letting this happen right now? I said, God, it feels like you've forgotten us. I don't even know if you can hear me. And I prayed and I cried. And I didn't feel anything. And the Lord, he wasn't talking too much. <laughs> I said, hello, answer me. Really nothing was happening. But the Lord... Just spoke these words to me. He said, it's just the beginning of a miracle. I said, all right, God. It's the beginning of a miracle. How do I know it? He said, it's just the beginning of a miracle. When you are stuck in between circumstance and impossibility, when you are stuck with nothing but a bad diagnosis and knowing that the only way that you can get out the other side is that God has to do a miracle. And all he says, it's just the beginning of a miracle. I stood up from my seat. I said, all right, God, I know that this is a trial that mom's having to walk through. I get it. But all right, Lord, you telling me it's just the beginning of a miracle? I guess I ain't got nothing else to stand on. I'm going to proclaim it right now. It's just the, the Lord told me, he said, say it every day. Every day I wake up, I stand on my feet, I say it's just the beginning of a miracle. It's the first words out of my mouth, that's destiny. Every single day I wake up and say it's just the beginning of a miracle. Every time me and mom talk, I tell her the same words every time. It's just the beginning of a miracle. When they announced it last week on a live stream, I commented it. It's just the beginning of a miracle. I went back to the hotel that night knowing I had service to preach the very next day. Destiny had already gone to bed. I laid down on the floor feeling broken and feeling beaten. I crawled down into the, underneath this desk crying on a nasty hotel room floor. God help me. The coronavirus. I crawled down. I put my hands up over my head. I buried my nose and eyes into the carpet. And I just cried. I don't know how long I prayed. It's been a long time. I cried. I said, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I've still got three days of revival left. I don't even know what to preach. Lord, my, my focus is so off. He said, just tell them what I told you. It's just the beginning of a miracle. I said, Lord, how, you want me to tell somebody else? We need the miracle. How am I ever going to tell somebody else that it's just the beginning of their miracle when I need a miracle? 
He said, just tell them what I told you, that it's just the beginning of a miracle. I walked up to the pulpit. I gave him my title, and I started to preach. I was so far off my notes, I can't even tell you what I preached. But I looked these people in the face, and I told them, I said, ladies and gentlemen, whatever you're going through, I want you to know it is the beginning of a miracle. People started to dance and to shout. I said, I don't know how to explain what you're going through today, but I want you to know that a miracle is right around the corner. I started to preach and the Holy Ghost started to sweep into this building. We started to sing and to shout and to dance. Uh, people started to break through. People were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, after I'd preached what I'd preached, uh, I crawled back over to the altar and I crumbled down and I buried my face into the step. Uh, I said, God, I've given everything that I can give. I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. All of a sudden, the pastor's wife walked up to me and she grabbed me like this and pulled on my coat. I stood up. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, Gentry, the Holy Ghost wanted me to tell you something. I said, tell me what it is, sister. She said, every time that you preach this message, uh, you are prophesying your miracle is coming to pass. Uh, I want to tell somebody, I don't know how long it's going to take. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, uh, but I want to tell somebody, your miracle is coming. Uh, it's just uh, the beginning uh, of a miracle. Uh, it's the beginning of a breakthrough. Uh, it's the beginning of a promise. Uh, it's the beginning uh, of the extreme ordinary all right now would you lift up your hands uh, and lift up your voice uh, and just somebody begin to intercede in the Holy Ghost uh, in the name of Jesus 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 I know I preached a long time today, but I'm just trying to persuade somebody in this house, somebody that's going through it. Uh, your miracle is right around the corner. Sir, I don't know what your background is, but I want you to know that your miracle's here this morning. Ma'am, God's still able to heal your body right now in the name of Jesus, by the authority of your word and the power of your name. Uh, I speak a miracle into your body right now. God, I pray, Lord, breakthrough. Lord, breakthrough in the name of Jesus. You're not here by accident today. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. God's not forgotten about you. God's working it out for your good. Sister newcomer, we don't know how long it's going to take, but a miracle's coming. I don't know what it's going to look like, but breakthrough's on its way. Chad, breakthrough's on its way, Bubba. It's coming today. I wonder if there's anybody, anybody in this building, would you praise for breakthrough? Would you worship? Maybe you don't need a miracle. Would you have faith enough to believe it? That God's able. Come on, he's waiting on somebody. Somebody just step out in faith today. God's able to do it. God's able to answer it. God's able to deliver it. God's not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should lie. He Come on, somebody that needs a miracle. You ought to come with hands lifted high in expectancy. Don't worry about the cameras today. We're coming with expectancy. We're coming in faith today. Come on, it's here today. It's here today. It's here today. The impossible. I believe in you. I believe in you. There's a miracle coming to somebody. There's a miracle coming to somebody. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's what we're going to do. If you came in here today and you need a miracle, you need a breakthrough. You, maybe you even need filled with the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, I want you to turn to someone and ask them, what do you need God to do for you today? Just ask them real quick. If you came in here today 
in need of a miracle or a breakthrough, I want you to lift your hand. You ain't got to be afraid. If you got your hand lifted, I want you to run down here. We're going to line up across the front. Come on, move just right, just right here. You can step on the line if you want to. You came in here today and you need a miracle. I heard a preacher say one time that the average altar call in America is seven minutes. It's all the faith we have. Sing for 30, preach for 40. Only pray for seven. I wonder if there's anybody that's in this house. Maybe you don't need a miracle. But if you've got the faith to believe that God's able, I want you to come up behind these people. This morning, we are going to pray past an emotional release. We're going to pray beyond just when it feels good, when you're good and crying and think that your emotion is healing. It's different. It's not the same. But we're going to pray until something happens today. Come on, we're going to pray until something happens today. I want you to lay your hand on the back of the people that are staying in there. You're going to practice some kind of social distancing. Don't get in front of them. I want you to put your hand on their back. And if you need a miracle, I want you to throw your hands up high to heaven. And I want you to lift up your voice right now. And I want you to begin to speak it over and over and over until something happens. Uh, there's a miracle that's about to fall on this house today. There's people that are about to be filled. If there's guests in here that need filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, I need an altar worker to go to them very, very quickly. God, right now in the name of Jesus, uh, by the authority of your word, uh, by the power of the name of Jesus, we rebuke the devourer. We rebuke disease. We rebuke the spirit of infirmity. Death is a liar. Fear is a liar. Cancer is a liar. We speak healing. Be made whole right now. Be made whole right now. Be delivered right now. Now somebody praise him. Praise him until it becomes prophetic. I believe in you, I believe in God above it all, I believe in you. Come on, there's a miracle falling. I wish you'd speak it till you believe it. I wish you'd grab a hold of it. It's here, it's here, it's here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe you. I believe you. Come on, somebody, push a little harder. Push a little harder. Dig a little deeper. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe. The impossible. I believe in you. I believe in you. Yeah, yeah. God is for me. I believe in you. I believe in you. Come on, somebody pray. Somebody push until it happens. Maybe you don't feel like your prayer's doing enough. I wish you'd grab the hand of your neighbor and say, we're going to praise prophetically. We're going to praise until it happens. We're going to worship until we touch the throne room. Yeah. You do Come on, we're going, we're going, we're going. It's only been five minutes. What kind of faith do you have today to believe for a miracle? What kind of faith you got to believe for a miracle today?
Come on, why don't you reach over and just put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and somebody just begin to praise in advance for miracles that haven't happened yet. Somebody begin to worship in advance for what's coming. Greater is coming. A miracle is coming. It's just the beginning. If you got the Holy Ghost, just begin to intercede in the Spirit. God's still moving in this house right now. Somebody throw up your hands and lift up your voice. Just begin to intercede in the Holy Ghost right now. The impossible. Hey, yeah. I believe in the name of Come on, fear is a liar. Doubt is a liar. The enemy is a liar. Come on, there's people that are praying for the Holy Ghost. Let's create an atmosphere right now. Let's create an atmosphere right now. We don't need any bystanders. We don't need any watchers. Let's create atmosphere. Somebody just begin to praise the Lord. Somebody begin to praise the Lord.